Daily Show. The science of. It's the science of retail this evening, in particular retail in a South African context. You go to the shops all the time, don't you? Do you ever pay attention to the, the dynamics in the shopping center? Why do you prefer, I don't know, the Hyde Park shops to Rose? That's not really fair. Um, Santon City, which is, no, that's also not fair. Uh, why do you prefer Bedford Center um, to another, to Morningside Shopping Center, for example? Um, why do you prefer one place to another? Is it the way you feel when you walk in, the sort of brands that are on display, the convenience, the access? What is it about a shopping center that floats your boat? And South Africa, of course, has been the master of the shopping center for the last 40 years or thereabouts, the original shopping center. I think the first shopping center in Joburg was built somewhere in the south, and then Bedford View created the Bedford Center. Very soon after that, Rosebank and Santon City were built. That is my sort of understanding of this. And in recent years, we've seen a new phenomenon of shopping centers being built, carrying local international brands being built in townships as well. Mona Lisa Sam is the founding and managing director of Tungwa Retail Holdings. We're going to talk about Tungwa and retail in just a, a bit, Mona Lisa, but you worked uh, with the great Richard Maponya. Yes. Um, how did you find him or how did he find you and put you in charge of Maponya Mall for better part of a decade? Um, sure, it was really by chance. At that time, I hadn't even heard of the development, um, but I knew of... What was your background? Before? My background, I'd run a few shopping centers before that. I worked for Old Mutual Properties, so I was privileged to run Cavendish in Cape Town, the Zone in Rose Bank. And at that time, I was at JHI looking after some okay. retail in Pretoria. So I'd had that background, um, having stumbled into retail myself. Um, so it was really by chance. I heard of the opportunity, applied, and it would seem we clicked <laughs> from the time of the interview, um, it was an enormous opportunity, biggest ta- uh, shopping center in a township, uh, biggest township in South Africa. And so it was also positioned to be, you know, a, a dream as it was for Dr. Richard Maponya, 28 years owning that piece of land and, and, and fighting to develop it and also to develop infrastructure that he felt the people of Soweto deserved um, instead of traveling all of those kilometers to access brands and so forth. So he was now bringing them right here at their doorstep. I mean, managing something like Cavendish, for example, or the zone at Rosebank, upmarket centers, particular clientele, Mm. how much of a reality check was Maponio? How different was Maponio when you you started there? Because that must be nearly 10 years ago now. Yeah, 2007. Yeah, 8 years, yeah. Sure. Big shock, even for, for myself. I mean, first was just the numbers that we experienced just on day one. Of course, we had uh, uh, Nelson Mandela opening the shopping center, so that was a big attraction. But a big shock for the retailers there as well. I mean, I think at the time, mass was assumed to be sales. Um, and we, you know, okay, you're going into jargon. Yeah. Mass was assumed <laughs> to be sales. So Soweto is a different market to the Cavendish market, darling. Yeah. So therefore, it's a mass market. So therefore, techie time will do well, Spitz won't, for argument's sake. So I think, you know, the the, the strategy around Maponya Mall was, you know, let's take all of these brands that we know this market is accustomed to. They've been shopping there, they spend this amount of money, so let's bring them into the township. That was really, you know, the principal idea. And who makes that call? I mean, you as the shopping centre manager, the management team of the shopping centre says, yeah, we'll have a pick and pay, we won't have a Woolies, or we'll have a Woolies, not a ShopRite. There's a process with the the, the developer with a a letting uh, 
team will make that decision. So that's why you have a retail letting strategy. So you would say, okay, so we have 60,000 square meters. We're going to be anchored by pick and pay. Woolworths is going to take up this much space. And then we, we complete the puzzle with different brands to obviously complement the customer profile that we believe um, is, you know, looking for these brands and wanting them. So then you put it up there and then a shopping center manager like myself would come up there and be asked to manage all of this infrastructure and manage all of the retailers as well in terms of how they are coping within that environment. They, they want to know that um, the footfalls of people coming through, why they are not getting their fair yeah. share of clientele, <laughs> um, it becomes quite a dynamic because people think, say, your shopping center manager, what, you collect the, you go and you empty the parking machines at the end of the day <laughs> and you collect rent. But it's, there's a, uh, and it's a microorganism, I suppose. It's a microcosm of society these days. It's, a, it's, it's a, a community because yeah. you're managing different sectors. Uh, you have food retailers, you have uh, textile retailers, anything that, I mean, shoes, and each dynamic is different. And as you rightly say, Bruce, everyone has an expectation. We positioned and we knew we had at that time a million people walking through the shopping center. So when you say a million people walking through the shopping center, is that a weekly number, a monthly number? A monthly number. Monthly number, number yeah. Monthly number. So in any retailer's mind, you know, and based on their projections and based on whatever they had positioned themselves, they were going to make it. Because they would have been made some kind of commitment by the developers um, to say, we know that you've got a Sandton City store and a Rosebank store. We anticipate that you will get sales of X after six months because these are the clients we're going to bring you. There's an expectation. Were those expectations met for, for the retailers? Look, in some respects, I think, you know, as I always say, Maponya um, Mall for me remains the one of the best retail case studies we have. Um, I think a lot of assumptions we ma- were made, even by established retailers, who had to really work through to say, you know, have we brought the right product? Um, some of the, the retailers that had credit, of course, they flew because the customer is aspirational, so they want to buy things long term. Those who were not on credit, you know, it was, it was a battle. Um, and of course, also we had the independent retailers the ones who had never been in mainstream retail but had a loyal following because they were from Soweto. So, you know, they had a a customer base that they were accustomed to that used to go to their homes. Now you're in mainstream. You've got a landlord who's demanding rent from you every beginning of the month. You've got to uh, adhere to certain standards in terms of how your shop will look, your signage, your staffing. Also, the hours, you know, were a big uh, issue for us at Moponyo Mall. We had, at the time, the longest trading hours in Gauteng. Um, and then we had to really look to say, is it fair on independent retailers? Because the longer trading hours you have, the more um, they have to pay for, for, for stuff, which is, you know, obviously contributes to their costs. So that for me was really, um, I think, the, the time to really get into uh, retailers' operations and understanding what their dynamics were. Why could their staff not work late? Why were their staff not opening on time? Uh, you know, those are just small things, but also the element of retail science, which I think really came came to the fore during those times because now you have these independent retailers who say, I've brought the store, I've got the stock, I've got the stuff, why isn't it working? Where are you know? the customers? <laughs> Where are the customers? So there you are as the city manager, obviously needing to not get into it because you can't just say, well, a million people are walking through here every month. We have to understand why are people not walking into your store? It could be, I mean, we had customer issues, um, uh, customer service issues, I mean, and that was brought on by the fact, you know, we in a township, uh, the staff were employed from the community, and so they 
seeing their peers and they feel intimidated now or so you think you're that, better that, because you work in this world. Or, or you think you're better because you can, I work here you're my customer you know and, and, and then you've got I don't want people to know my business I'm spending 2,000 rand <laughs> so, so I mean these are kind of issues that we dealt with that actually impacted on customer experiences but also it becomes a trust in brands and I remember going to my point near mall a couple of times and going through the shops and just looking at the ranges of goods and services and products and going yep the brands are here but i'm not feeling that this is the brand i know from santon city yeah. I mean, kfc is very deliberate if you go to kfc it could be here and in timbuktu it's it'll all taste K- the same it'll be, it'll be <laughs> kfc the experience will be near as damn it i didn't feel that many brands treated maponia with the integrity that their customers may have appreciated i don't know if i agree because um I know so much pressure was placed on those tenants to bring world-class uh, stores and a lot of them did that and and I and I refer especially to the established brands you know the ones that had been in Santon I don't think there was any tenant who shortchanged us I mean the Busby group who bought Aldo's and guests nothing was compromised the issue we had was the customer trusting mm. because they had been deprived for so long Bruce you know it's 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 the same thing as you know trusting whether a parent is going to do something that they say they're going to do they haven't been doing it consistently and now they say these are the genuine brands this is a genuine guest genuine fabiani they wouldn't take the risk in the beginning they would still take a taxi to santon and say just to be sure I'm going to buy it here. <laughs> it takes time then to establish that retail trust. Absolutely. In, in that community. When did you leave? Um, I left two and a half years into okay. it. Um, I think at that time, in, in my decision to leave was recognizing this gap that we had between mainstream retail and, and informal retail. And when I say informal, I'm talking about those who had never been exposed to mainstream. Um, it, you know, like any um, banking institution, the landlord can take away your house, can take Take sure. away your car if you are defaulting on rent, um, and so you you needed to understand. You know, it's not just a legal situation. You have to understand what do we need to do to make sure that these tenants perform. The, the critics of the township shopping centres that say actually the dynamic of shops, the spaza concept has changed. Uh, the the spaza association not only are foreigners destroying the spazas, but also look at these evil capitalists who've set up these massive temples or of shopping on our doorstep. They're ruining our business. They're changing the nature and the character of the township. Yeah, and I mean the Gauteng, um, Gauteng is investigating that as they announced uh, about a week ago um, to say they need to understand whether you know these monsters, as you've put them, have impacted on township spazas. But then at the same time, we have to ask Bruce: Have we equipped these township spazas with skills and a mindset that says how do you then compete when these monsters uh, uh, come into? But also, our community is better off with, with a shop right on the doorstep with better pricing on the doorstep and it's up to the spaza surely to adapt yes. um, and, and to differentiate somehow. I don't know how. I don't run a spaza. <laughs> like, luckily for me and for, for the customers, I would probably poison. It's the science of retail this evening and as we talk about it, um, I see EWN's covering a story, another ceiling collapse in that's where the renovations are happening in Nelson uh, between Nelson Mandela Square and the Banking Mall. Um, Santon City Management confirming there's been another structural collapse at the popular shopping centre. Second incident at the centre in the last couple of weeks. No doubt eyewitness news all over that story. 
story like a rash. That wouldn't happen to one of the shopping centres that you've ever managed, would, uh, would it, uh, know, this evening, Monalisa Sam? <laughs> We've had our fair share of crises, so uh, my heart goes out to that shopping centre manager, well, is all I'll say. <laughs> hopefully nobody's trapped under yeah, the Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, tell me, please, about what you're doing in this world of retail, because Tungwa Retail, you guide and advise independent retailers. So people who want to start mom-and-pop coffee shops, shoe shops, people who've got something unique to bring in what is an increasingly same-same uh, of shopping centers. Yeah, same-same, but very competitive. Um, and, you know, a lot of the clients that we work with, retail startup, independent retailers, um, are starting to understand, obviously, there's enormous opportunity. There's more shopping centers coming up. I mean, a recent article came out to say we're mauled out. We've got enough shopping centers. And that represents, you know, for me, great opportunities for independent retailers because retail is about volumes. I think, you know, unless you've mastered a niche, offering. You, you you have to have volumes of it for you to really say you have a retail business. And so you have to master systems and operations before you can get into a shopping centre. I go past some shops and shopping centres and whenever I go past, maybe it's just me, maybe mm. it's just the time of day I choose to go past these places, but there's never a customer. Yeah, And you go... You're paying rent every minute that those doors are open and you've got a bored person sitting behind the counter uh, waiting for a customer to come in. And often if you go into one of those shops, the person is so shocked that there's a customer <laughs> who's walked in that they don't quite know what the to do with you. One of the, and then you've got load shedding, which oh. you know, obviously impacts. What is, what is that doing? I mean, that, that ruins you because if you're already going through a quiet time and now you almost, you know, forced to now um, close your doors, that, I mean, that has massive impact. Um, but, you know, in, in, in saying that um, the quiet times and what retailers experience, it also talks to, you know, when you have at least eight stores, I'm just making an example, sure. you're at least able to at least offset sure. uh, a poor performing um, um, store that you may have in another location. You can close it down if that means um, that you need to do that. And so the work that we do is really, you know, from a startup perspective, helping and shielding these retailers from this very tough environment. But you've been a landlord, so you understand the dynamic of landlord and the pressure of saying, actually, we've got a mug and bean, so do we need a mom and pop coffee shop? If the mug and bean says, no, we don't want that coffee shop, the pressure upon you to say to mom and pop, please don't participate. Do you come up against that now as a, a representative of, of the little guy? Yeah, we do. Um, and I think, you know, shopping, I mean, landlords and developers are also want to uh, build and develop successful products. And that talks to having brands that are well known that have a customer loyalty following. Um, and a lot of new operations don't have that. I mean, it's not every day you're going to get a Tasha's rolling out as, as, sure. as quickly as she has. But that's an inspiration from saying an independent moms and pops that built a brand, built a customer loyalty that now every shopping center wants. And that's really the mindset that we are trying to develop with mm, retail okay, startups. Yeah, No, I, I get you, but it's a, it's a thankless and hard task. Oh. It, 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 <laughs> no, but it is. I mean, these, these people who, one shop and you can manage it, now you want to open a second. Mm. Um, do there tend to be family businesses that uh, sort of started up and now suddenly they need to professionalize a bit and, yeah. and grow? Mostly family businesses. We see a lot of um, just people leaving corporate um, who are having this 
dying dream that they want to roll out. Um, I have a client who saw a gap, for example, in Pretoria CBD. She's an avid runner and she felt, I need to make an offering. It's something that I'm passionate about and there's a gap in the market. Um, all good and well. You set up the store, you do all the shop fittings, you sign the lease agreement and now you've got to get people into your store and trusting your brand because if you've got, let's say, for example, you're competing with the Edgar's Actives of the world, the sure. Total Sports, um, how do you as an independent retailer build a brand that is competitive and dynamic. And, you know, the mindset that we try to develop with our our clients is to say, you know, it's beyond making a sale. You've got to create an experience um, that people want to spend longer in your store because the longer that they spend in your store, the the more likely they're they're going to make You don't want them in there. You want to get them in, get the sale done and get them out. But you want that, them coming back soon. You want too. them come back because that that talks to volumes. Yeah. But it also talks to having staff that are knowledgeable. There's nothing more irritating than you going somewhere and the staff know nothing about how, what you how want. How big a problem is that here? I mean, you must have gone and looked at retail concepts around the world and gone, how do we stack up in terms of customer service? Look, we, we are behind and, and purely um, in my view, Bruce, and my experience, because, you know, retail exposure in terms of the skill set is very low. So retailers employ from previously disadvantaged communities and most youth see retail as a platform uh, for a means to an end, if I can put it that way. So they don't want to go into retail. They stumbled into retail. They see it as a low lying job because you're a cashier, you're yeah. waiting on people when they really wanted to be a doctor. So the skill set is really really poor and so from a customer service you know i i certainly believe we have a long way to go in terms of developing the skill set to understand that you know retail is about making people happy no absolutely rod and randberg writing in capital letters furious and so many people struggle to understand why you have to pay for parking in shopping centers the shopping center that gives away free parking surely will have more customers (laughs) well you know because how much of revenue is made up of parking because yes, it's it's a it's a big revenue, um, you know, and obviously the rates. And are, you guys still put up signs that say we're not responsible for anything. The roof collapses on your car and you die, and everything else that goes wrong. We've got to put a disclaimer because at the end of the day, we provide the infrastructure for that parking mm. management company. Um, but yes, I mean, some shopping centers have free parking and they enjoy uh, really convenience, a, a real big convenience from their patrons, and others have paid parking and people still go there because they feel secure as well. Yeah. Uh, Rod, I mean, until you refuse, until you stop going and you get uh, 5,000 of your closest friends to stop going, it's not <laughs> going to change. Mona Lisa Sam, thanks so much for giving us some insights into the heady world of retail. A fascinating discussion. I hope you enjoyed it this evening. Thank you. Um, Sipo Masondo says standards at Boponyo Mall have dropped. You need to talk to your successes there. Uh, toilets are blocked, taps aren't working. Bathrooms are stinky. It's a shame. Um, that's from Sipo Masondo. You we'll might want, you we'll might follow want, it up yeah, with our successes. Yeah, exactly. Say to them, oi. Get a get some jet. Let's get the standard back up. There we go. <laughs> Mona Lisa Sam, founding and managing director of Tungwa Retail Holdings.